This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Canterbury is a melting pot of cultures with refugees and migrants making Christchurch their new home. With new surroundings comes new opportunities and challenges. Stay tuned as Canterbury Cultures takes a closer look at their experiences. Good morning everyone, buongiorno. You're listening to Canterbury Cultures. My name is Maria and I'm the coordinator for interpreting New Zealand in Canterbury. And we've got Debbie with us today. Hola a todos. Hello, my name is Debbie and I'm one of the Spanish interpreters. Great. So, Debbie, first of all, I want to say to everyone that I only really met you a few months ago when you did your interpreting course with us. And um, and my main question to everyone that come from far away, like you from Argentina, what, what, why did you come to New Zealand? Um, it's kind of a funny story. So I came to New Zealand, uh, it's going to be six years in January. Um, and I kind of follow an ex-boyfriend of mine. Um, mm. He uh, came here, he asked me to come, and I said yes. But do you mean a Kiwi or an Argentine? No, no, he was from Argentina. Mm. He came with, I think he came with a working holiday visa, you know, that it was pre-COVID times that was all around it. Yes. Um, and yeah, I couldn't apply for the visa, but I came as a tourist and then things started evolving from there, I'd say. Yeah. Yes. So did you come straight to Christchurch? I did. Yes. He mm-hmm. had a job here, so I just uh, decided to stay. And then things changed in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I started like getting first a student visa, then work visa, then like residency and all around that. And I stayed and I have no idea what happened to him. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> you lost him somewhere. Yep, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and so what did you study here? Uh, so here in New Zealand, when I first with that, uh, you mean with that uh, study visa? Yes. I just uh, studied English, even mm. though I didn't need to. Yes. Just to be able to stay and yeah. work. Because yes. with that work visa, you can study for 20 hours. Uh, right. Sorry. Can the work. Other way, yeah. For, with that study visa, you can work for 20 hours. So. I needed some income, yes, and that was course. the best way, yeah, of to do course. it. Of course, and so you left behind Argentina and I all did. this. I did. And so, who did you leave behind? Um, mainly uh, my parents, my brother, my dogs. That's mm. what I miss the most, <laughs> and a couple of friends, I'd say. Yeah. Mm. So, which part of Argentina? I'm from Cordoba. That's right mm. in the middle of the country, and I always compare it to. Christchurch, because it's like the second biggest city, yes. but no one really knows about it. Like, yes. you know, if you ask a lot of people, oh, Argentina, you just say Buenos Aires. Mm. They don't know much. No, but is how big is this Cordoba? Um, so Cordoba, you have Cordoba province, as in Canterbury, and then yes. you have Cordoba city. Yes. And I'd say Cordoba city, which is where I'm from, has something around like three million people. Mm. So it's pretty big. It is pretty yeah. big city. Yeah, pretty big. Mm. And so, so of course, you haven't been able to go back in um, the last couple of years? Not. I haven't been back for two and a half years. And last time I saw my parents was two years ago when they came to visit me. Oh, yes. that's great. Yeah. They were able to come. Yeah. To, did they like New Zealand? Oh, they love New Zealand. They've come. Uh, my mom has been here for three times and mm. my dad twice, and they just love it. Love mm. it. Mm. Yeah. That, that's wonderful to yeah. hear. <laughs> and so because I can hear that you speak English very well and you did, of course, the interpreting course, you yeah. passed the English <laughs> test quite easily. Uh, so how, how come you could speak English so well before? 
Um, Coming. Um, thankfully, my parents uh, sent me from a very young age, from since I was like five, mm. to English classes, like mm. private English classes, which is very normal in Argentina. Um, if you don't go to a bilingual school, um, it's very common that your parents send you to a private institution to study English. Yes. Not everyone is into it because mm. I have um, classmates from that place that don't really speak much anymore. So I think you have to keep it going yourself. Yes. I've always been very interested in traveling and I've always watched movies in English. And, you know, mm. like I've, I've been very thorough with my uh, languages. Mm. So um, I never wanted to lose it. I knew that eventually it would be exactly what I needed. Right. And, and I came to New Zealand and even though I, you know, I didn't have any experience in jobs and stuff my english was so good that people would just uh, hire me because of that yes um so i thank every day my parents for doing that definitely mm. yes mm. yeah so that was a great gift but also <laughs> totally. a way that you liked it i mean a lot of children age five they're not really interested in learning another language yes that is true but i also have this memory of when i was a kid when everyone would ask me what do you want to be when you grow up and i'd be i i, I just say i want to live somewhere else mm. like literally that would mm. be my answer mm. <laughs> and, and everyone would be like what do you know about everywhere else and mm. I'd be like I don't know I just want to go and see the world mm. even when I was that little so yes. I knew that English was going to be the pathway to it great and so did you know much about New Zealand when you came um so funny story actually I first came to New Zealand when I was 19 mm. uh, under a working holiday visa mm. and only stayed for um, three months and had to go back because of health issues. But mm. I always wanted to come back. Mm. And when that opportunity arose and um, someone told me, do you want to come? I was like, yes, like that's my unfinished business. Yes. And it definitely was like that because mm. now New Zealand is my home. So, yes. Yeah. And so the first three months when you came the very first time, did you come to Christchurch? Right away? Um, I came to Christchurch, but I was around as well. I was in Wellington. I was in Auckland as well. Um so, yeah, it was sort of like, let's see where I'm going to settle. Yes. But I knew Christchurch very well, yes. Mm, so you liked it. I loved so it. So in these last six years that you said you've been here, mm -hmm. so tell me, what did you train, uh, what kind of profession you were thinking of doing in Argentina and what, you know, is actually what you're doing here or did you have to change the plans? Um, it, no, it, everything changed in the yeah. way. Uh, so I studied um, journalism mm. and I'm like a trained radio speaker and TV broadcaster if you want to call it that way um, so you are at home here yes I, I feel at home <laughs> but haven't done it in so long um, and yes it was great but even at home like the last job I had was something related communications digital marketing kind of thing when I came to New Zealand that's it, it wasn't that easy to find a job especially you know in radio as such, having an accent is not that easy. Yes. And I didn't really know the market either. Yes. So, you know, you can't just put yourself out there. So I thought, okay, I'll do whatever I can. Um, first thing, things I got, and this is also my advice for everyone that comes, because it's the easiest, I think, um, it's the easiest uh, job to get. Yes. It's a hospital job. Yes. Um, so I started as a waitress yes. and then a supervisor and then got into hotels. Yes. And in hotels, I got to receptionist, mm. duty manager, um, front office manager, and everything evolved. Yes. Um, even I on the in the in the meanwhile, I studied business. Mm. Um, so everything kind of evolved to 
this uh, hospitality management? Yes, I'm thinking also for the language. You know, of course, your English was already good, but you have to get used to the Kiwi way of oh, speaking and definitely. all that. So what a, what a good idea to, to <laughs> practice your language while doing this job. Yeah, definitely. It, it was, it's not easy not just the accent but the culture like mm -hmm. you know uh, especially in the bar someone would ask me for cc and coke and i would be what mm -hmm. what and then obviously you learn that means canadian club and it's a drink and mm -hmm. but at the very beginning or even just spites which is the national beer you'd be like what is that mm -hmm. and first couple of times you don't know but then you just pick it up so yes. it's kind of cool a cool way to get into the culture as well yes Great. And now, where are you working? So now I'm working at ARA. Mm. Um, ARA is a tertiary institution, um, and I am a um, hospitality tutor. So mm. I teach uh, hotel operations and um, everything related to that and the industry practicum. Um, but yeah, I can't really wait to get back into um, hospitality as such as well. So mm. when hopefully when everything after COVID relaxes a little yes. bit uh, and there's more uh, tourism coming yes. into New Zealand, I'll probably look into getting back more into that. As well, as well as being an interpreter. Obviously. <laughs> well, if I could do this full time, trust me, I would be an interpreter full, full time. time. Yeah. So tell us, before you tell us about interpreting, mm -hmm. why don't we just put a bit of music of your Definitely. favorite music? What yeah. What is it that you've chosen for um, us? So it's a bit of an old song. Uh, but it's a classic. It's not an Argentinian band, but obviously it's in Spanish. It's called La Flaca by Jarabe de Palo. En la vida conocí mujer igual a la flaca por al negro de La Habana, tremendísima mulata. En libras de piel y hueso, 40 kilos de salsa y en la cara dos soles que sin palabras hablan, que sin palabras hablan. La placa duerme de día, dice que así el hambre engaña y cuando cae la noche baja a bailar a la tasca y bailar y bailar y tomar y tomar una cerveza tras otra pero ella nunca engorda pero ella nunca engorda por un beso de la flaca daría lo que fuera por un beso de ella aunque solo uno fuera por un beso de la flaca Solo uno fuera Mujer mis sábanas blancas Como dice la canción Recordando las caricias Que me brindo el primer día Y enloquezco de ganas De dormir a su ladito Porque Dios que está flaca Yeah. 
Great. Thank you so much, no Debbie, problem. for this. So we were just talking about um, interpreting and you said that you could do this full time if there was enough work for interpreters. Mm -hmm. As we know, unfortunately, it's not really a career that <laughs> yeah. you can just do because it's really casual work, mm -hmm. isn't there? And um, tell us why do you like interpreting so much? Um, I think it's a bridge between cultures. It's just so nice to be able to help someone that is here because they chose to be here and want to know more about the culture but um either you know the language is a barrier yes. but not also just the not only just the language but also the society because a lot of the times you're just helping not just really interpreting word by word by but also explaining a little bit how the system works you know mm -hmm. uh just more as a support mm. Um, so yeah, I, I just love it, and and you get a little bit of a hint of other people's lives, yes. and and you see, you know, um, you make life more easy for people. I mm. think because mm. you know the first thing that connects them together is language. Yes. So yeah. Yeah, and especially, of course, when they need an interpreter, usually there are some kind of problems. Normally, uh, yes. And so, so do you work more for medical medical centers or the hospital? Um, I've done a bit of everything. Mm. Uh, and like you said at the beginning, we've only met each other a few months ago, but yes. I was lucky enough to experience lots of things. Yes. Uh, from, yes, medical, and mm. I think medical is the most popular one. Yes. Uh, to court. Yes. To New Zealand police. Yes. Um everything in between. Um, it's just really, really nice to be able to help people. I yes, think. in yeah. a variety, variety of yes. situation, incredible different yeah. situation. So you had to do like all the others interpreting course before you passed the yes. exam and became an interpreter for Interpreting New Zealand. So can you tell us what, what was something in the course that you didn't know and uh, that you thought, good that I did this course, otherwise the work wouldn't have been the same. Um, it's just not easy to, you don't, you don't know what to expect when mm. you go to a job. Um, even after I learned it, you know, that first, um, that first interpreting job was like, what am I supposed to do here? But I think the course gives you all the tools you need to prepare yourself. Um, lots of vocabulary, mm. um, specialized vocabulary. I yes. think that was the biggest asset for me yes. uh, that I could take away. Um, to be able to, you know, be there and say exactly that word, um, exactly the meaning of what you need to do for um, just a very small example, how bail in New Zealand mm. means something different to all the mo American movies that you watch. Mm. So bail in an American movie is just paying money so someone can come out of jail. As in New Zealand, that's not bail. Bail mm. means something completely different. So it's just putting conditions for someone's provisional freedom kind of thing. Yes. Um, so those little things that maybe you think you know. <laughs> yes. But when the job actually comes, you don't. Those little things you learn a lot because uh, the course goes through real life scenarios. Uh, so that's what I, I, I think I can take the most yes, out of it. Yes. Yeah. And I think for me also, because I had to do the course as well years ago, was also really realize how many things you don't know. You oh. know, because, of course, people assume that because you are bi bilingual, you can do everything. But then as soon as you do the course, 
you just really realized, oh my God, just as well I'm doing this course, otherwise I would have made a mess of, of my interpreting job. So I think the accuracy, like you said, and also the idea that everything has to be confidential because it's easy to forget. Mm-hmm. And small communities, people don't really, you know, especially Latino, Italians yes. and things, we are, the privacy, we don't know mm-hmm. what it is. So we just usually talk about everything, but we cannot talk about other people's stuff. So that's, that's something very stressed yeah. in, in the course. Totally, like just being bilingual doesn't mean you're an interpreter. It's that's just right. as easy as that. Um, you need to learn all the ethical issues, the legal issues around it as well. And that's what the course provides you with. Um, so it's not just a matter of, oh, yeah, I speak both languages. Great. Because yes. um, a lot of the times, you know, we um, families have a, a daughter that is bilingual and can also serve us, but it's not the same. And we have that responsibility of making sure, as you said, that everything's confidential, that nothing, uh, you know, uh, you are actually providing as accurate as information as you can. Yes. Um, it's not just, oh, yeah, I speak two languages, I'm an interpreter. It's yeah. definitely not, not like, like that. that. No. <laughs> Thank you, Debbie. No that's problem. Good. That's good to hear. Now, I just wanted to say, ask you, uh, because the listeners usually like to know about recipes and yeah. food. So I'm wondering if there is some Argentinian. I know, you know that a lot of Italians are in Argentina. <laughs> true, true. Half of the Argentinians that I know in Christchurch, they say that they are Italians or they have some kind of Italian background. And so, yes, so I'm just interesting to see, interested to see if the food is that different from Italian food or not. I chose on purpose something that I think is typical Argentinian. Yes. But you are right. Pasta is all over our menu. Um, so it is true that Italian culture and Spanish culture have a very big influence on Argentinian food. Yes. However, I chose something called alfajores de maicena. So alfajor is like a cookie, pretty much, mm. stuffed with normally caramel, or what we call it is dulce de leche. Mm. Um, but these are cornstarch one. Mm. So they're very typical and they're yummy. Mm-hmm. Um They're this, like, yellow puffness of goodness. <laughs> we can call it like that. Can you make it here? Yes, definitely. Oh, we have everything here to make them. Mm. That's also why I chose that um, recipe. And, yeah, like, I definitely suggest everyone listening to try them because they're easy to make and they're yummy. Great. Go for it. Yeah, great for uh, tea time, I'd say. So we're going to need 200 grams of butter, um, 150 grams of sugar, Uh, three yolks of an egg, a little bit of vanilla essence, uh, some uh, lemon zest. Then we need 200 grams of flour, uh, raising, self-raising flour, 300 grams of cornstarch, a little bit of um, coconut, like grated coconut. And then we're going to need, um, well, dulce de leche. Now here, Parker's actually sells dulce de leche as such. So you can go to Pack and Save or Countdown or anywhere mm. and find the Barker's one. But otherwise, any caramel will do. Mm. Um, it only takes 30 minutes. You just need to um, make sure you mix the butter, make sure it's actually room temperature. It's easy with the sugar. Um, and then it's like a creamy um, butter And then you just put the yolks, make sure everything's all mixed up together. Um, then you put a little bit of the vanilla essence and the lemon zest. Mix it, mix it, mix it. Um, put in the cornstarch, put it all together. 
And then you just uh, put it under a tamis, so you make sure it's very thin. Yes. Um, after that, you just put it all together in a film, you know, like mm -hmm. cling paper. Yes. Put it in the fridge for 30 minutes. When it's a bit colder, you just um, roll it spread out. it, mm. roll it down. Mm. And with a little cutter, cookie cutter, just make little uh, round cookies. Mm. Put that in the oven for uh, around 10 minutes because they're very thin. Then when that's like when that's uh, finished, uh, you take it out, let it cool down and then grab one cookie, mm. put some caramel as much as you want. Yes. And put the other one on the top and then grab that and on the corners just put it through the grated coconut. Mm. That's pretty much it. Mm. Delicious. Delicious. Yeah, Delicious. really Delicious. Really, really good. <laughs> Thank you. Grazie, Debbie. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> Now we have time for your second song. And if you want to present the second song for us. Yes, so this song is very different, but it's definitely um, a portrait of our culture. Mm. <laughs> um, it's about it's by an artist called Nikki Nicole. She's a rapper or, well, reggaeton kind of singer, but she mixes it also with a bit of American culture. It's called No Toque Mi Nike, which literally translates to Don't Touch My Nikes. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye. Como sabe, yo no soy de las que tanto le meten Igual no molestaría si no me comprometes tú Y yo, hacemos lo que quieras Pero sabes que conmigo después de eso pichar Ando en el sky En la peli como Richard Die Mami, somos Bonnie and Cry Pero en esta vuelta La Nike, cabrón, tú no ves cómo brilla Contigo que lo cojan por la orilla Si tiran las malas son un par de mordidas Lo hacen porque saben que estamos al día ah, ah. Hace tiempo que llueve en los ceros Ey, hace tiempo que no me importan los cueros Lluvia de diamantes, se siente el aguacero Si la voy vino de Argentina, no la quiero Si no va a fumar, entonces pasa el feeling Y no puede real pa' la disco tranquila Puede costar, pero no se va con tele 